Hello, this is Malia Warner. Welcome to Power Principles, the podcast. Today is episode 40, and I am talking about five of my favorite artists. Hi, everyone. First, I have in big, bold red letters at the top of my script to remember to thank everyone who has gone on to their podcast app and left me a review. I forget to do that. I forget to talk about reviews and I'm learning how important reviews are that the algorithms that Google uses really depends on the reviews to help them come up in search engines when people are searching for podcasts to listen to. So your reviews really help people who are looking for something inspirational or have a particular question. It helps the podcast to be found in the search engine. And I know it takes some time and I know it's kind of confusing. If you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, which I know you do, you need to go to the library button which is at the bottom of the screen when you click into your podcast app. You click on library at the bottom and then it's going to list several of the past episodes and you need to scroll down and keep scrolling down and you'll hit the bottom and it will even delay for a bit. And if you just wait, then that rating and review box will pop up. So it's not readily available to see or find. So I know it takes some time. Thank you for everyone who has done that. And I want to share a review of the week that came in that was so nice. It said, Malia and I are neighbors and she reached out to me a few months after having my second baby. A 10 minute conversation slowly put me on a path of postpartum recovery, which my husband and I didn't even realize was an issue until after Malia talked with us. I have been listening to her podcast and reading her newsletter ever since. I highly recommend listening, not just for moms and dads, but for everyone. There are nuggets of self-empowerment and realization in store for everyone. I remember that conversation. Yes, I do kind of have an eagle eye for new moms. I really scan you over. (laughs) So thank you for that review, my friend. I'm glad that conversation was helpful. Your baby is beautiful, and I'm so glad you are finding nuggets of self-empowerment in these podcasts, and there will be more podcasts to come about postpartum recovery because I feel so passionate about healthy mothers, that the world is only as strong as its mothers. If you would like to be the review of the week, go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, give me five stars, and leave a comment telling me your favorite episode or why Power Principles of the Podcast has made your life a little better. I also want to give a little plug for my weekly newsletter that my friend mentioned in the review. Every Monday, I send out a short email called Monday Message. I keep them really short and inspirational. I like to think that they're just a little boost, a little shot in the arm to start your week off with a good, empowering mindset. Many of you are already subscribed to my weekly Monday Message, but if you have found this podcast another way, I highly recommend going to my website, maliawarner.com, to the subscribe button, enter your email, and then every Monday you'll get a little Monday burst of inspiration called the Monday message. I keep it short, sweet, to the point. Also, Monday message subscribers are the first to know about any book launches, any news announcements, and special deals coming out. So lots of good reasons to go to maliawarner.com and subscribe for the Monday email message. 
Let's dive into this super fun topic today. I love artists. I believe that art is the sauce of life. I lived in France for a little while, a hundred years ago. I was a missionary there. And you all know that French food is delicious. Well, when you live in France, you get to be in people's homes, which means you get to be in people's kitchens. And I got to cook alongside many French people and not just French restaurant owners, but just practical day-to-day cooking. And what I learned is that the secret to French food is their sauce. And I learned how to make incredibly delicious sauces. And you know, life would be like dry mashed potatoes or dry chicken. You could get the basic nutrition, but it's the sauce that adds the spice and the flavor and makes it taste so good. I love artists. I am grateful for anyone who creates and shares on any level. It doesn't have to be professional. So some examples that come readily to mind. When I was very first married, my husband and I attended a church congregation with only newly married college students. There weren't any children in the congregation. There really wasn't anyone over the age of 25. And we all together went on a weekend camp out. And there was one guy that did a magical comedy routine around the campfire. I laughed so hard that night. My stomach hurt for three days afterward. It was awesome. And he wasn't doing it professionally. I mean, he was probably, he was in college like the rest of us were, and he was probably studying some like something like bioengineering or something rather serious. And I don't remember what got him interested in doing magic and comedy or why he had taken the time to learn the skill. But I remember feeling grateful that he had taken the time to hone that talent and that he would come on a Friday night and share it with us and not be embarrassed about it. And 20 years later, I still remember that night of entertainment. I haven't seen him since. I I really don't even remember his name, but I remember how he made me laugh and how we just all felt so united and connected around the campfire that evening. I love comedians. I love humor. You know those friends you have that you love to be around because they are so funny. They have a unique way of seeing and saying life. You never know what is going to come out of their mouth, but you know that when you're around them, your belly is going to hurt in a good way. I'm really grateful for people with a good sense of humor. I believe humor is an art. Another thing I love are accents. I don't know why. I love accents, real accents or imitation accents. With the internet and social media, it seems our world is becoming more and more monochromatic. And I like that around the world, we realize that we are more similar than we are different, but I hope we don't lose our accents. I have a friend who can shift into accents on a dime and it is hilarious. I love conversations when she gets in a mood and suddenly I'm having an international talk with an Irish lady or a German lady or a Scottish man. And I don't know why, it's just so colorful and entertaining. 
I think being able to do accents is an art. Of course, I love writers. It took me a long time in my writing journey to think of writers as artists. Before I had approached writing as kind of an academic skill, as something maybe more sterile, and certainly I didn't view myself as a writer as an artist. And what finally gave me that aha was realizing how similar my writing process was to learning to play piano. I had to sit my butt in a chair for at least an hour every day and plunk away at the keys. And at first what came out wasn't very pretty, but little by little over time, it got better. Aha, that is creating art. Developing an artistic skill requires practice, daily practice. I could go on and on about writers that I love, books that have changed my life. So I'm not going to, or that would be an entire podcast itself. I do want to mention artists who create for children. Thank the heavens truly for artists who create for children. I do not know if I would have survived mothering young children without Dr. Seuss. And Betsy Lewin, her book Click Clack Moo, Cows That Type, and Click Clack Quack, so darling. Doreen Cronin, Diary of a Worm and Diary of a Spider, those, oh, I love those books. And I would read them by myself, even if if I didn't have a child to read them to, I could sit with those picture books on the couch by myself and read them through. How about the gorgeous language and illustrations of Don and Audrey Wood? The Napping House, King Bitgoods in the Bathtub, so many. Thank the heavens for Pixar Animation Studios. Thank you, Pixar, for creating animated movies for children with humor that adults can appreciate. Thank you for creating art that I actually enjoy sitting down to watch with my kids. For me, life without artists would be a black and white outline like a blank coloring book. When I look back on my life on raising young children, it was my encounters with art that added the color to my pages. And I feel that way about nature, which makes sense, of course, because God is the great artist and being in nature is to experience art. I feel extreme gratitude for artists who create clever, engaging, fun music for children. I am not talking about that CD of Mary Had a Little Lamb sung to a strum of a guitar here. Sorry nursery rhyme album recorders that sound like you hired Donna Reed to sing straight from the book of Mother Goose accompanied by a few basic piano chords. I suppose you have your place in the world and you are certainly better than nothing. But goodness, if I had to listen to your menu in the car one more time, I would have parked at the drive-thru of the crazy house and checked myself in. And Kids Bop, please, with your aerobicized top 40 synthetic auto-tuned lip sync, have mercy on us mothers whose mental faculties are already as fragile as the threat of Justin Bieber's relationships. I owe any strand of musical mental fortitude remaining in my brain to John Lithgow and his children's album, Singing in the Bathtub. Thank you, John Lithgow, for witty lyrics, catchy tunes, and comedic poetry set to music. 
How a Tony and Emmy winning performer ends up creating children's stories and music, I don't know. You didn't have to. You didn't need to, and yet you did. And for this, I say, John Lithgow, thank you, and I mean it. Friends with kids, if you want a squirt of fun in your day, ask Alexa to play John Lithgow's album Singing in the Bathtub, or YouTube it. Our personal favorites were From the Indies to the Andes in his undies, and he never took a bath except on Sundays, and the classic song Big Kids Scare the Heck Out of Me, Big Kids Scare the Heck Out of Me. Much better when John Lithgow performs it. Go check it out. I don't love the triplet song, but in light of the exceptional, over-the-top fun of the other 13 tracks, I can forgive track number seven. Oh, and did you know They Might Be Giants did a kid's album? If you need an upgrade to the ABC song while learning a little geography, go check out They Might Be Giants' Alphabet of Nations. YouTube the older version. I like the older version better than their 2012 upgrade. It's better. It's better than the remake. And here, my sincere thanks to the public library, the lovely building that houses all this art for free, which is the best price for young families who have more toddlers show up to the dinner table than they have dollars in the bank account. I think every book, CD, and song I mentioned we discovered through our public library. I said that I would name five of my favorite artists, which is really hard to do. I mean, it's harder than naming five of my favorite children. I can name five of my favorite children with no problem. Devin, Brittany, Nathan, Michael, and Zachary. See? But naming five of my favorite artists? Ooh, so hard to do. But since I said I would, I will. And number one, I'm going to go with John Lithgow for all of the reasons mentioned above. And did you know he did a one-man show for a little while? It actually came to Provo, and then he did it on Broadway, and we just happened to be in New York, and I was so looking forward to seeing it, and it ended like two weeks before we got there. I'm really bummed, really bummed about it. I'm sure it was amazing, over-the-top, fantastic. Number two, number two, a favorite artist who has had a big influence on my life, Josh Groban. You know Josh Groban, the gorgeous voice. In 2001, Josh Groban had released an album, and we had actually purchased the CD. And I remember carpooling with kindergarten and first graders, and they would sing, You Raise Me Up. They loved that song and they would sing it at the top of their lungs, little five and six-year-olds, all the way home from school. And then my brother passed away and on that album was the song, Fly Me Up to Where You Are. Beautiful song about loved ones as angels. And that song wasn't the reason I bought the CD. But I think there's this miracle that happens when someone creates art from their heart that it is carried and connected to the people who need it. And that song healed my heart. My heart needed that song. I would get in the car. It was a CD that we just always kept in the car. And I would get in the car and drive and just play that song on repeat. And my heart that was raw and hurting and missing my brother, that song just soothed. It was the balm. It was healing. And you know what I'm talking about. You know how when you experience grief, that songs become 
powerful. And I believe that. I believe artists, teachers, mentors come into your life when you are ready and seeking and in that need. How many times I listened to track number five on Josh Groban's album? I don't know. But I do know that I drove. I cried. That music was the wings of my healing. It carried. It soothed. You know what I'm talking about. I don't know how anyone could ever heal through grief without music. After that, I created a grief playlist. We would call it a playlist now. It wasn't a playlist then. I actually created a CD from different songs that had been soothing and healing for me when I experienced grief. And I would give that to people instead of giving flowers or, you know, when I gave them a card, I would give them this CD. Now that I think about it, that was probably illegal, probably broke copyright laws. I'm so sorry. Come arrest me. I actually could use some time alone in a quiet cell. Best if it's padded. But that was the best gift that I could think of to give to people who had lost someone. And I need to mention this. Josh Groban performed the song, but do you know who composed the song? Linda Thompson, who I know nothing about, but I'm sure she's lovely. And get this, Richard Marks. Yes, Richard Marks of Right Here Waiting For You fame. I'll be right here waiting for you. Forever. And how my heart breaks, I will be right here waiting for you. Yes, that's the one. I bet you did not know that. Richard Marks wrote, Fly Me Up to Where You Are. So my thanks, Josh Groban, Linda Thompson, Richard Marks, for creating a beautiful piece of music that soothed and healed my heart during a tender time. Okay, number three favorite, I'm going to have to go with, this is, this is a group favorite. This is voicemail. Do you know voicemail? This is an acapella group, six men. I actually went to college with them. They formed while they were in college. They got together while they were in college and they are so Great. If you've never heard of them, go to their website, Voicemail. It's male, M-A-L-E, male like because they're six men, not male like you send a letter, voicemail. Hilarious. And what I love about them is that they've been doing this for 20 plus years now. I know how old they are because they're my age. They're getting old because they're my age. They all have day jobs and they really go out of their way to keep creating and performing their art. They live in different states from each other. One of their original members passed away from cancer and they just stick with it and just keep performing and creating. And I love it. And this is not a kickback. Like I don't get any promotion. They don't even know that I'm talking about them. They probably don't even remember me, but When I have a chance to see them, which I do go to their concerts, I hope that they know and I will tell them that they have been such a fun soundtrack for our life, for my family. They are the soundtrack to our gardening. They are the soundtrack for when we set up the Christmas tree. If you want to know my favorite albums, their kids album, which is called Kids Stuff. It's called Kids Stuff. I think it has a picture of a rubber ducky on the front. 
And then their Christmas albums, their Jingles 1 is so good, and their Jingles 2, they have wonderful sacred music, acapella hymn arrangements. And if you ever get a chance to see them perform in concert, it is their humor, it's their witty interaction with each other, and their sarcastic asides that just make them so fun. Voicemail. Love voicemail. And number four, I'm going to lump together the Piano Guys and Lindsay Sterling. I remember seeing a flyer out at Thanksgiving Point in Lehigh, Utah, advertising a concert given by John Schmidt. And it was something like $30 a ticket, and it was outdoors in their gardens, which are beautiful at Thanksgiving Point. And I remember wanting to go, but I had something that weekend, and so I couldn't go. Fast forward to now, and the piano guys sell out stadiums. You couldn't dream of getting a $30 ticket, and I'm really sad about that, about missing my chance there, especially to see John Schmidt perform his piano number Waterfall there in front of the actual waterfall at Thanksgiving Point. And such a similar thing happened with Lindsay Sterling. She just performed at any local venue that she could perform in, And in both cases, it would have been so easy for these groups to not pursue their art. Really, it wasn't practical what they were doing. They certainly weren't mainstream, either one of them. The piano guys were doing classical music. I mean, who pays money for classical music, right? And Lindsay Sterling was told by the AGT judges that She wasn't a good enough violinist to go big time. I mean, that would be pretty easy to believe. And that her act wasn't strong enough to be a solo act that she needed to hook up with a group and be part of a group. All of that was probably really good feedback, you know, really realistic feedback. We like what you're doing and all, but, you know, don't give up your day job. And I think it would have been so easy for them to not give up their day job and to just have their their music and their talents be a side gig which is fine as well too I I love people that do art as side gigs but I'm so glad they didn't I'm so glad they didn't quit I'm glad that they didn't listen to the feedback and that they did what they figured out a way to make it work they knew they probably weren't going to get a major record label So every morning I listen to Lindsay Sterling and the Piano Guys. They're both on my morning yoga playlist. And I'm so thankful for their work, their perseverance. I'm so grateful that they fought through all of the self-doubt as well as the public doubt and everything that they had to go through to bring their art into the world. And I am a daily beneficiary of it. Every day I listen, I listen to Lindsay's violin, her energetic violin, and I listen to the piano guys, I listen to their Pirates of the Caribbean arrangement, and it really charges me up that kind of epic soundtrack. They've both shown me, and I can't say both because the piano guys is made up of several people, but both of the groups have shown me that becoming an artist is becoming more of who you are and tapping into what you have unique to offer the world. Number five, last and certainly not least, is ABBA. Yes, I am talking about ABBA, that 1970s Swedish rock group. 
I am a child of the 1980s and ABBA was absolutely the soundtrack of my childhood. Not because I owned any of their cassette tapes, but because my oldest brother did. And if you listen to cassette tapes, you know what I'm talking about. You could buy them on a special deal, get 10 tapes for 99 cents, and then it joined you up to be part of the music club and you had to buy so many more at a set price. And if you have ever seen the sitcom The Grobergs, in the first season, there is an episode about that exact thing, about buying your 10 cassette tapes for 99 cents and then how he goes on to cheat the system. I can't vouch for all of the seasons of The Grobergs. I've only seen a handful of episodes from the first season, but that one, if you are a child of the 80s, is worth the watch, even if it is just for the outfits and the hairstyles and just to watch them order the cassette tapes over and over again. That was my childhood. So that was getting the Abbott tapes in the mail, playing them, rewinding them, rewinding them to my favorite track over and over and over again when my brother wasn't home because he didn't know that I was sneaking into his bedroom and listening to his Abba music. Then fast forward years later and some genius took completely unrelated series of songs and created a storyline that became the musical Mamma Mia on Broadway. So of course, my oldest brother went to the musical and when he told me what the plot line was, I actually thought it sounded kind of scandalous, you know? A little slutty here, a young girl with back-to-back sleepovers and three possible fathers. And you can absolutely judge me prudish here, but the story sounded a little too loose-laced for my shoes. But the movie came out, and I will watch anything with Meryl Streep, values or not. And I loved the movie. Then, the unbelievable genius to get a prequel to Mamma Mia using the leftover ABBA songs. Now, I'm an ABBA fan, and even I was thinking when the sequel came out, what songs didn't they use? How are they going to get a whole movie out of the leftover songs? But the best meme in all of internet history showed a husband and a wife arguing. And the husband was saying, I don't know if I want to go see Mamma Mia. Here we go again. I don't know if I can handle two hours of second tier ABBA songs to which the mother adamantly slams her hand on the counter and says, there is no such thing as second tier ABBA songs. And once I saw the movie, I absolutely had to agree. So ABBA and the Mamma Mia movies aren't here as number five in my favorite artist list just because of the great music and the storyline from the music but because they are attached to a significant event in my life. Here's the story. My oldest daughter was moving away to college and we were packing and packing and we took a break from packing and went downstairs and watched the first Mamma Mia on Netflix and loved it and had a mommy-daughter bonding time. And then the next day, it was the day before she had to move, we actually went to the movie theater and actually paid money to watch Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, and cried all the way through number two. It was the perfect mix of laughter, rock and music, silliness, sentiment, mother-daughter relationship, tears, 
And the movie got me out of my funk. I had been just in such, such a weird place getting her ready to move and not knowing really how much I should be involved and should I actually drive with her and just this this middle place of being the mother but helping her to branch out on her own and it was a weird place to be and that movie just fixed it for us it just was the laughing and the humor and also enabled us to kind of be sentimental and that scene with Meryl Streep at the end and Amanda Seyfried how do you say it Seyfried yeah it just gave us a chance to look at the screen and cry and feel all of our feelings and get it kind of out of us and then we were fine and the next day we drove down to school together and blared the ABBA music full blast in the car sing all the songs all the way Then when we arrived at her dorm and we were unpacking, we were blasting 80s music and setting up her dorm and her roommates must have thought that we were just such dorks and we had a blast. She was my first girl. She was my first child to move to college and ABBA music carried me through helping her leave, helping her leave me, helping her leave home and helping her become her own person. Then how cool is this? For homecoming, her university had an ABBA tribute band and she got to go rock out with her college friends. It's just like the gift that kept on giving. And for me now, the ABBA songs and the Mamma Mia soundtracks will always be the soundtrack for the time of my life when I was helping my daughter move away from home, spread her wings, and fly away. (laughs) And I'm going to go back to what I said earlier with Josh Groban, that real art finds us when we need it. And I think that's the perfect way to end with this quotation. A man should hear a little music or woman A man or woman should hear a little music, read a little poetry, and see a fine picture every day in order that worldly cares may not obliterate the sense of the beautiful which God has implanted in the human soul. So I say, thank you for the music, the songs you're singing. I am grateful for anyone who creates and shares I've never heard anyone say, we have too much quality art in the world. If there is anything that we will never have too much of, it is beautiful art and creative artists. This is Malia Warner. Thank you for joining me today in my tribute to artists that I love. I will meet you back here next week for another episode of Power Principles, the podcast. Have a great week and make sure to hear a little music, read a little poetry, and see a fine picture every day. Until next time, bye-bye my friends.